This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Dose. De date with date line. Do 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 uh no, it's Mentos. That's what I keep singing, by the way. I figured it out. Double freshen, double yeah, fun, double freshen, double makeup. No, that's you're the, you are going into Mentos. I'm doing Mentos every time. So I did double your pleasure, double your fun. Um actually we don't even know when this is playing, so we may have figured it out by then. Uh, this episode is a new one for us, chosen by me. So apologies in advance if you don't like it, but it's called, it's from an ID series called Imposters. Mm -hmm. And these are some of my favorite kind of stories because they are con men and I find con men fascinating. Do you find con men fascinating at all? Yeah. You do? Did you think this guy was sexy? I thought the actor playing him was a little sexy. He was a little sexy, and I don't normally say that, but he had a little bit of that, um, and I can't remember the actor's name. He looks like somebody very familiar to me. Yeah. He has a triple name, and I'm blanking on him right now, um, but he's sort of, I don't know. It's like he looks Spanish. I don't know. Anyways, so this episode is called The Five Star Phantom. It is season one, episode six of Imposters, and we open... In September 2009, it is full 70s, like, adventure, like that. It's crazy. A student's car has broken down in Vermont near the U.S.-Canada border. And I went, because in my head, Vermont does not border Canada. So, wow, that's rough. You could have said any state, and I would have been like, uh-huh, because I wouldn't want to seem dumb. I did not. I leg- yeah, I'm good I at geography, it. though. Yeah, you are very good at geography. I thought that, to me, Vermont sits a little low to border with Canada. I feel like mm-hmm. New York would cover Vermont in the Canada mm-hmm. area, but I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Dead wrong. Yeah, that they both have the maple syrup. So there we go. Yeah, why didn't I think of that? So regardless, that doesn't matter. Because a car broke down in Vermont near the U.S.-Canada border. A handsome student is looking for help. Did they call him handsome or are we saying handsome? I'm saying handsome. You said handsome a thousand times. No, you said hot about Ryan Ferguson a thousand times. I know because I had to edit that episode. I'm fine with that. If I said it, I wanted it to wind up on the show. It was definitely in. Don't worry. You can't miss it. don't appreciate my words being edited out. They were not. You couldn't, you couldn't edit them out. You said it a thousand times. It Thank was you. hot, 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 super hot, super hot, naked, hot. I've gotten several messages. Some people agree with me. Some people don't. To those people that don't, I say you have garbage taste. How about, how about you respect all people? Nope. <laughs> so it's just, it's this or this, there is nothing else. Anyways, this new handsome gentleman who's not Ryan, Ryan Ferguson is not who he appears to be. And it will take more than fast talking and charisma to get him out of this jam. We have no idea what they're talking about. 
because he's, as far as we know, a student whose car broke down. Prelude. It was called a prelude. And then we go into like some more music and it's the imposter's 32nd shablam opening credits. Yeah, it was definitely unlike any of their other shows on ID. It's very score heavy. So if you're not really but into even the, the logo, the part dropping in, yeah. the it, like the graphic, it's not like yeah, any other ID show. Very different. Very different. Um, I liked it. A lighter. It was a, it's a lighter fare. So it's that's more fun. We're doing that today. Yeah, yeah, we've wanted lighter fare. So now someone we're flashing... wrote to me and said, "No more necrophilia episodes, please. I can't sleep at night." Because I think we did one maybe that had a necrophilia edge to it. And we have so this one... is for you. And we actually have one more very scary episode like that that has not been released. So hands up if you want it. Hands down if you don't. We have one more true nightmares. We have one more with what's his name? With Bob. I love him. It's his name's not Bob. Not Rob Thomas. What's his name? It's something like that. Yeah, it's close to that. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, we're flashing back to Las Vegas in 2003, and Peter Gold is on a trip to Las Vegas with his family. They're staying in this really super fancy suite, like the kind with two floors. Todd at- Robbins. How do we never get that? It's like Tim Robbins of Susan Sarandon. It's too close. Coupling. It's too, it's too close. I don't know. But Peter Gold is who we're talking about here, who's on a trip to Las Vegas. They are staying in a super fancy suite at the Four Seasons, and they are a rich British family that is on vacation because he's there with his wife and his children and a nanny. More information on that, please. We don't get any. Was he sleeping with the nanny? Is that what you want to know? Yeah. Yes. And that's not nice of me to immediately assume that, but I think every single person listening jumped to that conclusion. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Peter Gold loses his room key and goes to the front desk to get another. The reimaginement actor has this kind of long, dark hair, um, a very handsome face, and a white suit on. So a few minutes later, when he gets into his room, he calls down to the front desk again because he needs a safe assist. The safe in the room... That sounds like he's clipped to a zip line over a um, terrorist bunkhouse and he needs a safe assist out. Like he needs the team to come in and rescue him. Copy, I need a safe assist. We're down at 3,500. Yeah. 17. Correct. Okay. That's, was that a good? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I was trying to do longitude and latitude and I couldn't remember how those coordinates worked. So I just started listing numbers. I got it. It's okay. I got to get better at that. Anyways, the safe assist, uh, the safe won't like his numbers won't work, his code that he puts in. Security comes up, checks his ID, overrides the safe and lets him into the safe. Question. Did he override the safe with one, two, three, four? Or (laughs) was that the code that he entered? Because that was the code. Oh, clever girl. You did see that it was one, two, three, four. (laughs) I did, because then when the real guy comes in to try to do the safe, he presses Four three two one, which was the code that he had chosen for himself. So close, bad. So close, yeah. Y'all, don't pick that. Don't pick your birthday. Don't pick your. When mom's- you find out how much money is in there, you would be like, never put one two three four four three two one. No. Oliver uses a string of numbers for his pin codes and things that make me like shudder every time I see them. I'm like, stop it! You can't use those. 
Also, I do love when he says that, can I get a spare, can I get a room key? She just pulls a room key out of a drawer and hands it to him. It's like, you have to scan it to make it go to that room. Yeah, Otherwise, it's just a blank piece of plastic. Let's be very clear. That's not the way Vegas works. Like, at all. At all, at all. And not no, any two- hotel room. You, you would have to, you'd have 500 drawers, each with different ones to go to different rooms. She gave him one out of a room and it was like, this should work, sir. Here's the room 507. But here's the reason that this might work is how many giant suites are in that hotel? Two, three. Uh, No, that was a full floor suite. Yeah, I think there's still more. But so she has that suite that a copy of that one handy in her drawer. That's not safe. That should be in a lockbox. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, But this is 2003. We don't know how they did it. Maybe it's just in a drawer. Um, maybe she was planning on letting herself in there later. There maybe you she's go. friends with the she's nanny. She's friends with the nanny or yep. also sleeping with the husband who was good looking too. Who was good looking and I expected him to be older and they never age him. So yeah, anyways, but it makes sense. He would need to be young for this kind of to happen. Regardless, security overrides the safe. Um, I'm more worried that security can get access to any safe in the hotel. Is anybody worried about this? They must have had a master, some sort of something with them. I would All think, we see is he goes, one, two, three, four. Here you go, sir. I would very much rather see them go to like the side of the safe and open with like this very special, complicated set of keys a la Harry Potter. And then the side opens. I okay. want each of those gentlemen to have to turn the key at the same time. Yeah, like a vault. Like launching a rocket ship. Yes, exactly. Correct. So, uh, but they, they override it. He's everything's fine. Um, A few minutes after that, Peter Gold heads out for the evening. He leaves the hotel. But then a few minutes after that, another man comes into that hotel suite and he goes to try to get something out of the safe, but he can't get in it either. So he calls the front desk for a safe assist. And when the safe assist people show up again, they and I'm surprised they didn't show up with police. They check because this is happening in the space of 15 minutes. They check his ID and this is Peter Gold. So who is Peter Gold? You can guess the second guy. Um, The thief had got guy. No. Oh, yeah. The second guy. The second guy. The first the thief had gotten away with two hundred and seventy thousand dollars worth of jewelry. Let me repeat that. Two hundred two seven zero comma zero zero zero. What was he planning on doing on this trip with his child and the Who nanny? Who is traveling with quarter of a million dollars worth of jewelry? What is your life? And then they had just 10 grand in cash. I know, a measly 10 grand. So that seemed like a disparity to me. This seems like the kind of thing where the real Peter Gold is downstairs playing like poker. He's like, what in the last group at the table, he's out of cash. He has to go up to the room to get he his throws wife. throws down a diamond necklace, throws it down on the table. This has always brought me luck. Yeah, these. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then that's that. Um, anyways, the weirdest part about the two Peter Golds is that they don't look very much alike. I was no. expecting them to look identical, but then I sort of figured out, okay, he must have put his picture somehow, like for his... Because I'm thinking, for quite a while in this episode, I am thinking that he is just picking people that kind of look like him. Does that no. make sense? Yeah, That's, but no. But no, I'm wrong. So, deter- Detective 
Kirk Sullivan. I'm not going to say his name for the rest. We're going to call him Los Angeles Detective to make Mm -hmm. things easier on myself. Um, By the way, also in this episode, we are getting real life interviews as well as reenactment. Mostly the story is so dense that I just wrote down the story. So if you have things you want to talk about the reenactment, you can. But the detectives are giving interviews and we have one reporter who is so excited to be on ID Network. And I feel like he needs, I think this is maybe- no, the British, that's the that's the consta- detective constable. Well, he just kept saying how thrilling it all was that they were chasing down a... a International jewel thief? Internet- yeah. yeah. He's like, it was frankly thrilling. It, it is frankly. I would be frankly thrilled if I was the detective on the case because he's not killing people. He's just stealing from rich people. So it's very exciting. I'm talking about the young black gentleman who is so excited. And he looks like he's 18 years old. Yeah. He was just grinning from ear to ear the whole time. So he did his thesis on this, right? Yeah, this is his time to shine. Okay. Finally, my obsession with this man comes into good use. My mom's going to be so proud. Samuels or something like that. I don't know. I loved him, though. He was a doll. He was a treat. Um, So Las Vegas detective comes to the hotel to figure out what's going on and talk to Peter Gold. They go through the surveillance of the hotel and they get a still picture of the fake Peter Gold. And they send that picture out to all the other Las Vegas hotels and say, hey, this guy is here. He's pulling this scheme right now. Be on the lookout, which is very smart. I Mm -hmm. like that. Now we jump one year later to 2004 and we're in London. So Mm -hmm. we're hopping all over cities all over in this. Mm -hmm. There's a detective inspector and a detective constable, and they work as a team, and they're adorable, both of them, mm-hmm. because they're British. Mm-hmm. Yes, that might be the only reason I think they're adorable. No, and I like that. I think he's cute. He's a, right? Yeah. You would go on a date with him. Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay, great. So they are working, as they say, the hotel. But we've already established my taste is question. Why? Oh, well, that's for murderers. I don't, I'm happy with Ryan Ferguson, and I'm happy that you think that fake Peter Gold is handsome. Well, and real Peter Gold is handsome. The guy that comes in looks like a soap opera star. So anyways, the detective inspector, detective constable are working the hotel beat in London. I don't know what that means. Um, But they see an article about a top con man who's been nabbed in Paris, and he was nabbed stealing from safes. So they think about it and realize that these crimes that happened in Paris match four crimes that were committed back in 2001 in London. So before Las Vegas even happened, Vegas was 2003. 2001, apparently, he was in London before. So they get a photo from France, and it's the same guy from surveillance. It's all this same fake Peter Gold. But the French don't, for some reason, keep him in custody. And when they release him... If this were a Law & Order episode, the order has a lot of explaining to do. Well, and I'm feeling... The law did pretty good. There is a moral to this story that is to be learned. There's a few morals, questionable morals. One of them is maybe if you're going to commit crimes, do it in the UK or Europe. Because they don't seem no, to mind as much. The one in the U.S. I feel like was not. Bottom line: if he had had weed on him during any of these arrests, he would be away for twenty years. Bingo! There you go. No, but he's he's not. Just just jewels. Just very very expensive jewelry. So, anyways, um, French don't keep him in custody. He had given them a fake name, so they couldn't even track him. French didn't figure out they gave him an alias. Okay, so. Constable and inspector, 
the two detectives, get a notification of the same kind of crime happening again at a London hotel. So after he's released from France, they the crime happens again, but this time in London. So they go to a hotel, look at the surveillance, and it's him. He had stolen from another safe. And over the space of the next few days, there are three more burglaries at London's top hotels. Shouldn't all the hotels be getting a all-points bulletin out that this is a scam that is happening right now? Just be on the lookout? Communicate with each other. This must be older London hotels. The technology isn't the same yet. Our, our systems were being updated, whatever, but it's not the same as Vegas. They're not linked up for some reason, like Vegas is. Maybe they hate each other. Oh, and they're like... Maybe the tip-top pit-pop hates the downtown <laughs> posh mart. Maybe they, they hate each other and they're rivals and they don't speak. And the two, like, um, what is it called? Not the maitre d' of the hotel. Concierge. The two concierges are, like, complete snobs. Those concierges are have famous rivalries. There's a documentary about it on Netflix. There is it? Really? No. Oh, but that would be fabulous. That's what I'm picturing. That's why they don't know about it. Anyways, so the detectives like can't catch him. And they're like, wouldn't it just be brilliant if we happen to walk past him one day just by chance? Because apparently the coppers in London town go out drinking where all the fancy hotels are in London, which doesn't seem right to me because I feel like I've seen enough British television to know that when the detective inspector goes drinking, he goes to a pub or she goes to a pub. The local mm -hmm. pub, not a fancy hotel bar, but that's beside the point. A couple of weeks later, the detective inspector actually thinks that he spots him. So exactly what they want to happen happens. He calls his partner. The partner says, I think I'm being wound up, but he's not being wound up. Actually, saw him. Detective Constable runs down the street and he says they went. he went in the supermarket. So they go into the supermarket after him, positively identify him and arrest him on the spot. They say, the, guy, the cutie says, he was very excited, but they're trying to hide it. They're trying to be like very calm, but they're actually very excited that they call him. And then they like call and say, can you send a van? We've just captured an international jewel thief. Like, yeah, the, he's they very... don't even have handcuffs on him. So they're just like pretending they're all tough. Did they have guns on him? Unclear. No, they don't have guns. No. They just walk up with like a strong, affirm, like authoritative voice. That's all they need, apparently. They push in the back of his back with their finger. They're like... You want me to take this out of its Oi. holster? Oi, I know who you are. Is that what they do? Do they put on a cockney? Oh, it'd be funnier. Okay. But they never address who this friend is that he's with. They in don't. several points in the episode. So they just let him he go? He gets in a car with this other dude. And then he's at the supermarket shopping with this other dude. Is that his boyfriend? The episode never addresses why he's with some other man in several points in the episode. Very good point. I did not pick up on that, but you're totally right. And I would like He's to know who it is. He's literally grocery shopping for fruit with this man. Questions. And then at another point, he gets into the passenger side or no, I'm sorry, the driver's side of a car. And this other gentleman is in the passenger seat. I would like to know more about that. Yeah. Who was this guy that he's hanging out with? Is he in on the scheme? Is he, yeah. Is he on? Well, he must be reaping the benefits, even yeah. if he knows it or not. So... They run their jewel thief's prints and they get a match. And we finally have a name. His name is Juan Carlos Guzman Betancourt. That's a long thing. They go, they find out that he has this rental flat in Northwest London. 
They go and raid the place, and it's filled with all of these stolen goods. The B-roll on this, or the reenactment's real good, because they show just, like, piles of costume jewelry. I'm not sure if it was just out. Like some ones and a 50 and some 20s. <laughs> I know. And they're, like, lots of money, because that's all the prop department had. Yeah, I know. They couldn't do it. Also, is it American dollars? Or was it's it definitely was American dollars. Okay, so that all right. So that I no, that's a great question. I'm pretty sure it was American dollars. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. too. Um, yeah. But what but they also really... they, uh, does a thief just keep it piled up all messy like under like a, on a newspaper like in this like lounge chair? No. No, it would be in a box or something. But they do say at the beginning of this series that some of it is like an exaggeration or fictionalized. Thank you, ID. They all should say this. But which part is fictionalized? Was it the part with the jewels on the chair? Uh, yes, probably. Okay, let's yeah. say it's that. So they also say it had designer clothes. And the big deal was all these passports, tons of passports and driver's licenses. And they hold up this machine, which I think they're about to say is like a laminator, like a thing. Yeah. Never tell but us they, what it is. They cut away and they go, they still don't know how he's making all these IDs. And I was like, but you just showed us. If he's holding up this. Holding a thing that looks like it could be a laminator, but I don't know what a laminator looks like. It looks like it could be a projector or a laminator yeah or a very small printer so (laughs) yeah so we don't know we like maybe h jet hp mini jet yeah six thousand yep so uh so this is great they have like all this damning evidence he pleads guilty to the robberies now very quickly we flash to peter gold the real peter gold who happens to see this london article because of course he does um, because he lives in London. Remember, he's British visiting Las Vegas. Oh. Which I also feel like they could charge him for Peter Gold in London if Peter Gold lives in London, no, resides it's in where the crime happens. Logistics. So the Las Vegas, so he calls the Las Vegas detective, and the Las Vegas detective gets a warrant for this Juan Carlos Guzman Betancourt, but he's in British custody. So they're not gonna let him go. So he goes. So Las Vegas detective goes to the INS to see if he can get any information at all on this guy. And it's probably the name is a tip off. So boy, does the INS ever have some information on him. Now we go way back. What do we do? Rewind, rewind. I've never heard that song. Is this how it goes? You're so close. Yeah, I got to listen to it so I can get the tone right. I don't actually Mm -hmm. know how it goes. That wasn't terrible. For never hearing it and only hearing you do it. I was doing you doing that song. Right, and I'm tone deaf, so. You're not tone deaf, though. Okay, so it must be good. Okay, so we go back to June 1993. We're going to get to know a little bit about Betancourt now as a child? Question mark. So, a child is found on a tarmac of a, the Miami International Airport. I was Literally. like, what? And I thought it was going to be a baby. It wasn't a baby. Um, no one knows who this kid comes from. He says that he's 13 years old. Well, first of all, he's almost he's like almost dead when they find him. So yeah. he looks like it looks like a dead body. And I was like, this guy, I thought the original guy murdered someone. That's funny. No, they said that he was blue, right? Like he was his limbs were blue. He was freezing and his legs were all like, but the way they pose the guy, it looks like he fell out of a plane onto the tarmac. But I think that's what he's meant to look like, because he said that he's a stowaway. And what he did is he hid in the wheel well 
yeah. of a plane on a flight from Colombia. And then he literally fell out onto the tarmac. And then he fell out onto the tarmac. And he says, Oh, and his, he says he's 13. Yeah. And his yeah. name is Guillermo Rosales. So it's all over the Miami papers. Everybody's like, Oh my gosh, this poor little boy, he was running away from poverty or whatever. And we meet Berta, who is a big hearted woman in Miami. Her and her husband, I'm not going to pronounce his name right, Yaro, Yaro, I think. They decide that they are going to adopt this wheel well boy and take him into their home. And apparently it's that easy. I guess guess so. I think back then you could just be like that kid on the news. I want him. Sure. Take him. There's a piece of this story that's missing. And my guess is that Yaro works at the airport. I don't think that would make it easier. He's been he's just taken to the hospital. Maybe he works in airport security. No, he's taken away from the airport. You don't it's not a lost and found like a baggage claim where if it's unchecked for un- but, picked up for 30 days, then the employees get to take it. This home. is 1993. We have no idea what's happening. They're overrun at, ch- at the, the child ser- services office and they're like, you want to hold him for the time being? Your family can hold him. Sign okay. the paper. Yeah. He's a, he's from a wheel well. Yeah. You're responsible you for all. You want the wheel well baby? Yeah. Like baby Jessica was the baby in the well. He's the wheel well baby. Except he's 13. You are responsible for he the. He looks about 25. For the wheel well preaching. Question mark. Um, but he shows up at, Berta meets him for the first time. And she says he's very tall for his age. He's like 5'10 for a 13 year old. No, no ma'am. Um, and he's skinny because he hasn't eaten in days. And he's very soft-spoken. He's very sweet. And he's like in marvel of their house. She says they have like a middle-class house, but he thinks they're like millionaires and live in a mansion. Uh, Guillermo tells Berta that both of his parents died in a car accident. But during this time where Which he's she sort doesn't of, understand that they could how both, that's possible. I think she's more like they both died at the same time. Yeah, she I goes, think how does that happen? And she thought, it, no, she seems suspicious. Like, how is that possible? And I was like, she's never heard of a car accident where more than one person died? Maybe she's just getting her emotions confused because she's suspicious about other things. And so it came out wrong in the interview. Um, yeah. So people are getting a little suspicious, actually, of the wheel well story and that boy. Because science is coming out and saying, hey... By the way, there's no way a kid could survive staying up in a wheel well at 15,000 feet in the air from Columbia to Miami. That's not, it's not going to happen. It's like below freezing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't, you'd die. So as people are looking into that, about a week after he moves in with Berta and family, they get a free trip to the Fountain Blue Hotel, which I have actually heard of. Have you heard of that hotel? Yeah, there's a dateline that takes place there. Oh, yeah, there is. Which one is that? The one that takes place at the Fontainebleau. 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 Is it? um, I think you wanted to do it. I did want to do it. Why couldn't we do it? We can do it. I've seen it several times. It's a mank, right? (laughs) I just said I've seen it several times. I really should know. I feel like it's mank or Dennis. It's probably Dennis because it's Florida. But maybe mank needed a vacation. And so got to go to the Fontainebleau. So it's a super duper fancy hotel. It's like one of the original fancy hotels. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he starts like looking around at the hotel and sees how well all these rich people are being treated. So he is like, 
marveling at everything and wanders off. And he's gone for a couple of hours. When he comes back, he's wearing a gold chain and he has all these $100 bills. That's not suspicious. So Berta's kind stacks of upset. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks. And tells, he, he says that all these old people just gave him things. And she's like, they're hundreds. They're not giving you $100 bills. Um, what are you doing for this money? Uh, so she gets upset because somehow, apparently, he had wormed his way into a hotel room because he's not very smart and is kind of commenting on how nice all the rooms are. And she's like, okay, so he's he's a thief. So the very next day, after the Fontainebleau, they get a call from the consulate. And Guillermo turns out, guess what? He's Juan Carlos Guzman Betancourt. And he's 17 years old. I was still like, are we sure? Yeah, I know. He has the growings of a wispy mustache. But this is, no, but that's the reenactment actor. That's true. I don't know. Um, Oh, also his mother's alive. So that's not true either. not an orphan. And apparently he didn't sneak into the wheel well. He snuck into the cargo portions, which I don't know why he wouldn't just tell them that. I feel like he wanted to use that again, so he didn't want to tell them that. Like he wanted to be able to maybe sneak in there again. Anyways, doesn't matter. I mean, he was injured. He didn't like paint his limbs blue, right? I don't know. How did he? I have. Here's my paramedic said he was barely alive when they found him. I think he went into a freezer. I think he went Brewster. Oh, that was the scariest one. It's not Punky Brewster. Punky doesn't go in. Cherry goes in and she almost dies. I was meant the show. I could never get over that. I cried and cried. That's why I'm claustrophobic to this day. It's got to be. It's terrifying. Um, How does she get stuck in there? How can you not open a fridge from the inside? It was broken and it was in the junkyard and they're playing hide and seek. And it's freezing in there still? Why is the fridge still cold? That's a great question. I think she just runs out of air. I don't think she freezes. I think she just runs out of air. Oh, no, it's cold outside, too. I think it was winter time when they were playing. How did they maybe find there was, her? Maybe there was snow falling gently onto the freezer. How did, we, how did they find her? Probably the dog, but I can't remember. I don't remember that dog's name. It's not Brian? Sandy. Brian? Brian. Is it Brian? Isn't that the man's name? Punky. Punky. That guy? Punky. He's a curmudgeon. I love saying that. That's so funny. Fun. I forgot about that. That's a pretty good impression. So anyway. That's my Barack Obama. I got to hone. I got to keep working. I got to pick two that I maybe can kind of do and, then and you, go for it. And just go and yeah. work on it and work on it. Record yourself doing it. Play it back. Yeah. yeah. And then play it next to what they're saying like yeah. that. Um, anyways, he gets deported back to Colombia. But six months later... Guermo slash Juan Carlos Guzman Betancourt sneaks back in to the United States, but this time he's on a New York flight. So apparently all he does is keep moving seats in the yeah, plane. Yeah, I don't know how he actually got on the plane. They don't really go. Does he not have a ticket? I feel like he had a ticket. I don't ticket. think he actually had a ticket or a seat. So the flight's not full. So he mm-hmm. just keeps bouncing around, like going to the bathroom for long periods of time and such. But why wouldn't you just sit in a seat and pretend like you had a ticket? Right. They're not going to ask you. Do you have your ticket, sir? Can I see your ticket? And people aren't going to notice that all this person's bouncing around a flight? You're right. It's more suspicious. Okay. It just seems but weird he, to But how me. did he get on the plane without the ticket? That I can see because this is before 9-11. Right. They just look the other way for a second. You just walk on by. 
Right. He's just, or he just pretends to be part of a family. Yeah. yeah. Which oh, was that- kind of his big thing was just walking, like just pretending like it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So then as he's deboarding the plane, he's supposed to go through immigration and thinks the guys are like kind of looking at him. So he ducks into a bathroom, takes tiles off the ceiling and climbs out the ceiling. What? Crazy. So it's got to be those panels in the ceiling, right? That he just pushes it up and slaps. I okay. don't think he like dug into plaster. Jackhammer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and then he goes out. The, but it's still extreme. He goes out of air duct, comes out on the street. And, like it's in Mission Impossible. Oh, my gosh. It's out on the street in like short sleeve T-shirt and it's New York winter. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness a priest happens to walk by and sees, oh, this poor unfortunate soul. I don't know. So sad. So true. Um, sees him, thinks he's some poor orphaned child, takes him in, takes him to this place called Covenant House, which is like the house for wayward boys or whatever, you know, a lost children home. Um, Takes him in there. He spends a couple weeks there, steals the priest's clothes from the Covenant House, dresses as a priest, and goes to Miami to see Berta and family. What? And as he steps out of the, first of all, you, if you had just stolen a priest's outfit, you would run out of the parish to like get away. Cause the priest might notice. Cause they said like, it was like when the priest turned his back, was the priest not wearing his clothes? I think that was an exaggeration. Was the priest naked and turned around to grab something and he grabbed the clothes? But they also said the priest's cloak and I, and he's not wearing a cloak in the reenactment. He's, he's wearing the little white collar. And then, and then, and the black, everything else is black. And then he adjusts the white collar as if to say, I make this look good. And then he starts strutting. And then. And then saying alive starts playing. And then one of the people on the show, one of the detectives says, I mean, I have to say he did look great in that priest outfit. And I was like, excuse? What? He He did. I think it was also interesting that the priest clothes fit him perfectly when the priest that we see is nowhere near his size. The priest the, the priest that sees him is like Wilford Brimley. Yeah. And this is sort of a young, tall, thin man. Yeah. Um, confusing, but that's all right. I think he they meant to say he stole a priest's clothes. Yeah, maybe it's a different priest. Okay. So he goes to see Berta, which is really weird. And he told her he was having a lot of fun impersonating a priest. He comes um, in like Will Smith in the Miami video. Yeah, he he's does. He's like, I'm back. Welcome to my Bienvenido a Miami. And he's like yeah. throwing hundies mm-hmm. up in the air. He's like kissing the sky like I did it. He's bowing to them. Like all of a sudden he's real cocky like a rapper or something. He didn't spend that much time with this family. Why is he going back to see this family? I It's Oh, he's the only people he knows in the States. I think he had a fondness for them. I think he did, too. I think because she was real sweet to him. But I think in the six months that he's been gone, he's now turned into somebody completely different. Because he was so sweet and mild-mannered. And now he's like, what's up, B? Yeah, Yeah. she said he was very, very different. So, of course, he's also back in Miami because he's immediately caught stealing from the Fontainebleau Hotel. He goes right back there and steals again. But he gets caught. But the hotel drops the charges. He must be a real charmer. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but that doesn't matter because he's arrested a few months later for stolen credit cards somewhere else in Miami. And he's deported back to Columbia again. Mm-hmm. Time number two. Mm-hmm. So the next few years, basically, he spends coming up 
with all these different schemes of how to get back to Miami. He really wants to get back to Berta and family. Do you think he loved one of those daughters? No. I thought he loved Berta. She was hot in the reenactments. She was also... And more be- close to his age. She was beautiful in real life, too. though. Like in Oh, now yeah, times. no, she was, too. Just really wants to be in America. I say let him in. I mean, just let him in. Let him in. Fine. He wants it bad enough. You have to you have to fight for it. Yeah, you gotta give him some props for that. So one of his like schemes to get back in is he pretended to be a medical student from England, but the passport that he uses looks nothing like him. So somehow he came up with some sort of British passport, but it doesn't look like him at all. So this must be when he started to figure out the ID game mm-hmm. was when that didn't work and how important how closely they check. So this this time period is basically spent perfecting his con game because the first police report of this like this plan that he does now the stealing from hotel safes happens in 1998 they tell us that he knows how to dress how to walk and like how to perfectly talk to hotel staff so he just pulls it off because he's supremely confident yeah he even tips the guys who help him with the safe exactly so but he puts it in their front pocket like a total douche so like with mr gold in Las Vegas, what he does is he spots him, he watches him for a while, then figures out his name, walks up to the front desk and says, I'm Peter Gold, and asks for a copy of his hotel charges. That's how he gets the room number. So then once he has the room number, he's really, they say that he's really, really good at forging IDs. He makes like a perfect one in like less than 20 minutes, which Mm -hmm. I don't know how he's he must just have IDs for all circumstances and fits the picture His, in. Joanne's Michael's craft game is on point. Mm-hmm. He must have all those supplies in his briefcase. One of those cricket cutters or something. I want that cricket machine so bad, that vinyl cutter. Didn't I talk to you about that? I was I was trying to get you to go in on one with me because I really want it. I probably won't use it. Don't give me a cricket. You won't use it. I know. Give it to someone who really wants it. Anyways, so he gets that ID made really, really fast. And that then he goes up to the hotel and does the room key and all that. I don't know why he couldn't figure out how to do the room keys. Probably would have saved him a lot of time and money. Yeah, you're right. If he can just make a fake ID. But maybe he's also figured out that impersonating someone else is a less charge, a lesser charge than breaking and entering because he's not breaking and entering technically. He's still stealing, though. That is true. I don't know. I got nothing. So all the detectives say no one ever thought that he wasn't who he was saying he was. Now we're in 2004, back in England. He is finally caught. This is the the cops met, saw him at the supermarket. He's, or the detective inspectors came in, grabbed him. He has multiple warrants, multiple charges, but to everyone's surprise, he's only given three and a half years. And... He gets to serve them at a minimum security prison. What? Minimum security prison is like a work program. You can like leave to go to your job and you come back, right? Isn't that some of them? I don't know. Well, this I don't think that that's the case in most of them. No, I don't know. This is on an island, Sheffield Island, which sounds all I could think of was Mr. Sheffield. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Um, Oh my god. I don't do a good friend rusher. Actually, Anyways. that is really one of your worst, I have to say. Usually your impressions are spot on. I can't. 
Miss, you don't have a Jew in you. You don't have. I don't Jew have that. You. I don't have a high enough pitch voice. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. That doesn't sound right either. That sounds like her grandma on the show. The timbre of my voice is incorrect. So I tried. I get points for trying. So he goes to this minimum security prison on the island. And after a few weeks, he manages to convince one of the guards there that he needs to leave for a dentist appointment. He needs a day pass. He's got to go Off to the, the dentist. the island. No, I think he pretends that it's on the island. It's like a little town on the... No, there's no town. It's just the prison. I have no idea. But it's the most bizarre thing because he literally just... He walks out. The guard's like, okay, see you at five. Yeah, he's like, ah, I made this appointment from my jail phone. I made this appointment because my tooth hurts. Hope that root canal feels better. Um, so Without just, an escort or anything? No, he what? just goes. He just walks out. And then guess what? He never goes back. Terrence is fired. And mm-hmm. he's let go from being a guard. And he has to go home. And I have a suspicion that Terrence It's almost is like a like, cult member, like in that show, The Following. When he's in jail and like convinces all these people in the jail to follow him and help him get out. I think what you're looking at three weeks, he managed to do this. I think he knows who to target. I think the thing that they don't mention in this is that he can read a person. So I think what he did is he picked the 19 year old guard who's like uniforms a little too big for him. You know what I'm saying? He picked the person. He's getting beaten, like teased by the other guards because he's the newbie. He either picked him or the guard that's disgruntled by still working there and like commiserated with him. He did one or the other, you know, he befriended the right person and he knew how to pick Mm -hmm. the right person. Because I guarantee you, when he went up to these hotel desks, too, he would wait until it was a person he thought he could manipulate. I'm not going to say it would be you. I would not fall for it because I'm coming up with a scam right now. He says to Timmy, man, those other guards are so tough on you, Timmy. Why? You know what? You're such a jerk. I was just saying the other day, like, I have to go to this dentist appointment thing, like, but I have to get like approval from one of your heads up. But you should just give me approval. You don't need there and have kiss up to them and get your papers signed like you do. You you've been here three months, man. You're a good guard. You just like do the whole thing like that. That was a very good scheme. Surprisingly good. But. We all know that you tend to believe people when they tell you things, because why would someone be lying to you? Yeah, I do. So if a Peter Gold came up to you, you'd be yeah. like, oh, it's all right. It's not your fault. It's a good thing. Um, but in this case, it would not be good because, yeah. yeah, jewel heist. Anyways, walks out, never comes back. The detective inspector and the detective constable immediately put notices at all the borders, but they're too late. He's already made his way to Dublin, Ireland somehow and has gone into a hotel and made off with jewelry, cash and passports. He's consistent, if nothing else. He does the same schemes. Does he pick he picked one much like I'm going to pick my Barack Obama impression and really nail it. He picked his one scheme and he is going to nail it. Did you get a compliment on your Barack Obama impression? Why are you picking that one? I don't know because you laughed. Why don't you pick Cartman, though, and just work on a phrase that you can say on the podcast? Because I know that one's not good. But maybe it could be good. No, no one will get it. It's not good. It's not as bad as my friend Rusher. Does that make you feel better? I think it's way worse, but thank you. I think it's better. Um, We'll have the viewers decide. So... That an Irish detective shows up to the hotel that he has recently robbed, like minutes after getting out, apparently. Well, he needs money, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but isn't he dressed like a prisoner? He probably stole some guard's clothes. Yeah, he probably borrowed Timmy's clothes. 
Or no, I'm sure he's allowed to dress like a normal person when he goes out to a dentist appointment. They're going to let him wear his... You're not allowed to go out to a dentist appointment. Well, they, but if you are, they're allowing you There's to put no on your civvies. There's no protocol civvies. for that. You don't know that. Have you been to a, to an English jail on Sheffield Island? No, I haven't. Then you don't know. None no. of us know. We'll never but know. But I, I know that it wouldn't have been front page news, prisoner strolls out of prison, if it was that easy. It's pretty stupid. Oh, Tim, Timmy was. You know so what I'm fired. saying? If it yeah, happens, all it would happen way more often if it was if they were allowed to go unescorted into the town. But I think that we can like agree that this was a problem from the judge down. The judge was bamboozled, right? Therefore, sent gave him way too light of a sentence. Yeah, sent him into a prison that was minimum security, and Timmy was there, where his nephew Timmy works. The judge's mm-hmm. nephew. Oh, he's going to be so mad. Awkward Thanksgiving. So mad. Um, He's disowned. So the Irish detective shows up, interviews the victim of the robbery. And luckily, this is very lucky, the detective, the Irish detective had just seen the story of this man strolls out of prison, escape, saw the guy's photo, shows it to the front desk person, and says, is this the guy that was here? They say, yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the, at least they know who it is. They know who's doing the robbery. Because as far as we know, he had not been and done these crimes in Ireland yet. So they would have no way of knowing. So they're going around to different hotels to see if anybody has seen him and they get lucky. They find a hostel owner who recognizes the picture. Who's wearing a suit and tie? Do hostel owners wear suit and ties? In Ireland. Am I thinking of a very different kind of hostel? Yes. I'm thinking like the movie Hostel. Yeah. Where they're wearing a gimp mask. Yeah, like a harness. Yeah, they're not wearing harnesses. We're not in Berlin. But I thought hostels were more for like, um, like, hitch, like backpackers and stuff. And they're like, they're but, more run down and cheap. I would not think the owner would be like wearing a suit and tie, but I no, could be wrong. No, some hostels in Europe are really nice. Are very nice. That's why people go and stay in hostels in Europe. That's why when people say I'm backpacking across Europe and staying in hostels, you're not like, Oh, you're going to be murdered. You're probably not going to be murdered. You're going to be there with a bunch of students. And he's young enough to kind of pull it off. Yeah. So it's actually a very smart move. But it's also very interesting that he never spends a ton of money. He doesn't, like, stay in one of these hotels. Do you know what I'm saying? He's, like, got a really cheesy, horrible flat in London. And then But no, at one point you see him get into a really fancy car with that guy. And he's having to spend all this money on suits and stuff to look good. But you're right. This actual spoils of his reward are not enough for him to, like, live the luxe life he seems to desire. But I have really bad news for you because I feel like we never know where he's going in that fancy car. And I think that might be one of the fictionalized parts. Maybe. Or maybe he just rents it to look the part. Yeah. If you rent the car for one day so you can go into a hotel and park it at the valet and then walk in and out with some jewels, that's worth it. And probably back then you wouldn't be able to tell as much that it was a rental car. Now you'd know. You'd be like, oh, that's a rental. Um, But regardless, the hostel owner recognizes the picture and says, oh, yeah, he's up in room 12. Irish cops go up, arrest him. He's like watching DVDs. (gasps) They walk in. They it shows them walking into his hotel room Mm -hmm. on the bed watching TV like they didn't have to knock or the door was unlocked. Maybe there was no door. Maybe it was like a sheet. I don't know. Hostels are not like that. This is How not did like they get into hut. the room? Who let them in? We don't get to just see that part. They have like 
to, they're Maybe like, okay, the owner we need let to tell in this in seven, in seven seconds. We need to tell this. You're right. You're right. I'm being, you're right. You're totally yeah. right. So he. They said he was watching DVDs. I thought that was weird. And I immediately thought of something bad and was like, no, it's just that the DVDs were still a thing. Yeah, exactly. But I did think they were stolen. I was like, bootleg DVDs. Right, exactly. Um, but who knows? No, so, that's like too low class of a hustle. People had a TV in its room. So, I yeah, mean, it was pretty he had nice. a TV and a DVD player. Yeah, it was nice. You're right. It was right. a nice hostel. You're right. So he wins the Irish judge over, too, when he's arrested. Uh, and did you notice? And he gets two years in prison. So did you notice also that? Also, that he keeps getting time served. So up until the trial, that counts. Right, exactly. So, if, but if he's in for three months, right, that counts towards his two years. Um, mm-hmm. Did you also notice that every time he's in front of a judge, because we keep hearing him say the same thing in the reenactment, mm-hmm. yeah. he's using the accent of where he is. Oh, that's so clever. in the Irish one, he's using an Irish accent, and in the British one, he's using a British. But they accent. know his real name. Betancourt. Who knows? What? What's his real name? Juan Carlos Guzman Betancourt. What's Betancourt? Okay, I think he added Betancourt. Yeah, I feel like he did too. Okay. Anyways, gets two years in Ireland. The Las Vegas detective is fed up at this point. I'm never going to get to bring him over to the U.S. because apparently there's like super complicated extradition treaties between the well, U.S. and Ireland. they're not going to extradite him for this one robbery case, even though it was for a quarter of a million dollars. They don't care. It's, all this time has passed, I feel like. And the guy keeps wanting to do it like this is his one big case before he retires. It can't be. Well, I, here's what I think <laughs> is Doesn't happening. Doesn't he keep acting like that, yes, though? Yes, I had a he, thought. He, like, wants to be flown to Ireland to, I, like— get this guy it's coming up i have a thought on this but i'll just tell you now i think that the real uh peter gold is breathing down his neck yeah maybe i think he's calling every three months and being like did you catch him did you catch that sod that robbed me i want my wife's diamonds back i don't know this man with millions and millions of dollars has a cockney accent not that cockney accents can't be millionaires that's not cockney what i was doing but it is not manchester But still, you're right. He probably he might be posh. He might not be. I don't right. want to Maybe picture. he has new money. Because <laughs> if that's... it was Tom from 90 Day Fiance, he'd be calling every three weeks. Yeah, probably. Maybe he'd offer to pay him money on the side to keep working the case. Like a private PI. Like a private deal. Because you know his bosses were like, let this one go already. Yeah. They've gotten him in the other countries as bigger fish to fry. Maybe the jewelry. I'm sure that the rich guy... But they're gone by now. Like, he doesn't have them anymore. Mm-hmm. He hawked those a long time ago, I think. Where is he hawking his jewels? I have no idea. I don't know his game. But don't you think that the, that guy is suing the hotel in Las Vegas for not protecting his assets? Oh, yeah. So it's the Mandalay Bay Four Seasons that are breathing down mm. the detective's neck. Okay. So regardless, the Las Vegas detective calls Juan Carlos in prison in Ireland and just talks to him. He's I love it. it. It's like he's Ted Bundy. It's like he wants to study him or something. Oh, yeah. I would. He's that obsessed with the case after all this time. I, I mean, so Samuel, so is that reporter. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I'm like, what? Who is this dude? Um, yeah. Because it's kind of crazy. He's doing it. He's not getting. And when he's getting caught, he's getting literally a slap on the wrist. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, 
So Juan Carlos is talking to the Las Vegas detective and says that he's never even been to Vegas, but then somehow lets it slip that he knows the Mandalay Bay very well. So, yeah, I mean, if you've... It's not that bright. Yeah, he messed up. Did he mess up on purpose? I don't that's know. That's what I thought. I thought we were going to come back to that. Was that a game? Like I felt he was like that laying was the... the seeds for another con. That's what I thought, too. Okay. Yeah. Regardless... Brits are also trying to get him back, but apparently Ireland and England also have a horrible extradition treaty, which made me have questions. But the Brits don't get another chance at him. They flubbed it. I don't care. They should not get a chance to have him back for crimes because they messed up the first time. They sent him to a minimum security prison. What, they're going to bring him back to England to serve out the rest of his year? No, stupid. So regardless, by 2007, Juan Carlos is out. And now we are back where we started in 2009 at a gas station. And a young man is asking for a taxi because his car broke down near the United States-Canada border. He's telling the gas station attendant he goes to college nearby. um, Can you get me a taxi? But there happens to be an off-duty border patrol person in the gas station and knows very well that there's no college nearby. So immediately is like, mm, this is suspicious. Something is weird. More weird that like, but where did you, why did, did he think that he was coming in from? Right. It doesn't make a lot of sense. We have no idea what accent he's using at this point. Right. The reenactor. Is using an American accent. Oh yeah, you're, that's true. So we don't, we don't know. Um, hmm. But like, wait, so if it's not racism and you're a border patrol guy who's off duty you're protecting people trying to get into Canada because um, you're on the U.S. side. No, trying to come in from Canada. No, then you'd be on the Canada side, right? Or no. I mean, how close are we talking to the border? They like literally right on the border? And they must be if there's a... Co- I think that he was going to Canada. And so I think this immigration person, he thinks basically he he's suspecting that he's an illegal immigrant. My thought is that he's suspecting he's an illegal immigrant that just came over the border from Canada and wasn't supposed to. He wouldn't get mad at him for going out. But maybe he's also just like suspicious because they are so near the border. Because he's off duty. I just don't know why he cares so much. He hears a guy saying his car broke down and he needs some help. And then he says something about a school, but there's like not a school that's that close by. But so that would make it weird. So I think that that's weird. You got to really care about your job to like call in for like backup. A border patrol guy who's off duty, just trying to enjoy his like snack at the gas station. That I don't know. Does he care that much? Do they have a quota? Maybe. Probably would just let it go. Maybe that I don't have the. um, You don't have what it takes to. (laughs) You don't have what it takes to work the Canadian border. I am only I am off duty. Um, I just want to go home. You would never be a Mountie. I'm sorry. No, 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 I definitely don't have it in me to be a Mountie. No. Don't apply. Why? You don't like horses? Mm, I don't like, know if I could wear pull off one of those hats. I think you could. You can definitely wear a hat. Um, so regardless, he suspects that he's an illegal immigrant from somewhere and takes him in for questioning. That's that. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, they fingerprint him and it shows that there is a warrant for this particular gentleman in Las Vegas. So it's finally time. The Las Vegas detective is going to get his crack at him. He stands. Oh, but did you? So you did skip the B-roll when he got really mad. The guy and um, the Las Vegas detective, when he gets told that he can't fly to um, 
Ireland to extradite him. I covered it quickly that there was some sort of weird extradition. But yes, the cop does get angry. In his B-roll, he pushes everything off his desk like he's about to have angry sex on top of it. And he's just like furious. Like this is his case. He like kicks over stuff and pushes piles of papers on the floor. Yes, he does. It's really funny. It is a bit of an overreaction, but this again, guy is his white whale. But again, it's all this based on this one case. But that's what I said. Peter Gold is breathing down his neck. Yeah, maybe. I say that. <laughs> Any movement? That, that sounds like the art pull dodger. That sounds like David Brent. Yeah. Any movement? Oh, that's what she said. Okay, anyways. So. He stands trial in Vermont, though, before he can even go to Las Vegas. He has to stand trial in Vermont for entering the U.S. illegally a bazillion years ago. Like so many years. From Canada. No. Like from when he entered originally illegally. Because any time he's entered the U.S. has been illegal. From Colombia? Probably from Ireland. He came from Ireland to Vermont? He went... I don't know. I don't. We don't know how he got from Vermont. We are missing a blackout of time from 2007 and 2009. Because so, it was my understanding he kept coming into like Miami usually when he was going back and forth. But I think that's what he's being arrested for is those times that he's coming in illegally. Right. They have all those charges still. Correct. So I think it's other. There's like he's charged for coming into the U.S. illegally, like illegal immigration first. Mm-hmm. And then so still not Vegas. Vegas, like the robbery, he's still not charged for. He's only charged with this. That's all they can charge him with. the people that prosecute for coming into the United States illegally can't pair up with a guy doing a burglary (sighs) theft charge in Las Vegas. Which is part... And combine forces and get him extradited. Which would also seem to be like, give him more time if they could combine. Yeah. But it must be different departments. I'm guessing we're looking at... Oh, it is. And none of these departments are talking to each other. State charges and federal charges. Yes. And that's how these guys get away with so much stuff. Well, we are, you'll be happy to know that um, he got, I mean, he got 30 months. I hate it when people do that. So two and a change year. Yeah, that's that, I don't like 30 months. It's really bad. Um, but Samuel's got gets to go to the trial and is very excited. Our reporter, Samuel. He is not, is he not starstruck? It's like he's at a Britney concert. A little bit, little and bit. And I think he might like Britney too. I think he might like get really excited for Britney. Mm-hmm. I just get that vibe. Like that he's really, he stands Britney and he would be like, leave Britney alone. And if not Britney, someone very close to Britney. Like, but he is a stan of someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, that's why we love him because he feels yeah. so passionately about it. And he never stops smiling, which is also why I like him. He makes this delightful and he is narrating a lot of it. So, and he knows everything there is to know. So he tells us though at this trial. He in- talks about it like at Thanksgiving and his family's like, oh my God, do we have to hear about this guy again? I would be asking. I think the family's asking. Not every th- year. Like the first year, maybe. Maybe he's moved on. Maybe he like specializes in con cases and he knows about all of them. So every year maybe. he tells a different one. And he's like the most delightful person at Thanksgiving because he's always got a really good story. You're not going to believe this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always want to sit next to him. At the always. Table. Yeah. yeah. Because if you get pulled into a conversation with someone, you know it's going to be interesting at least. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what I would give to be that person. So um, instead of like, oh, why is she sad still? So oh it's. 
<laughs> so at the trial, they said, speaking of sad, that he seems so lost. That's what Samuels says. Sorry, I don't remember his first name, so I'm just calling him Samuels. Um, the judge, the judge asks him at one point how old he is, and he can't answer it because he's been lying for so long about how old he is that he legitimately doesn't know how old he is. I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if I buy it that he looks so lost either. I think he's still conning people. Yeah, I think he's conned every judge, including this one. Yeah. Like, there's no way. So he's given 30 months, and they don't tell us how long he served. All they tell us is that when his time was up, he went to Las Vegas to be brought up on charges there. He definitely did not serve 30 months because he was also 30 months with time served. So right. who knows? He probably served eight months. Mm -hmm. um he goes he goes to las vegas um pleads guilty he is given a minimum of 19 months and a max of four years but he serves six months and is released in 2012 for stealing that's the quarter of a million dollars in jewels so peter gold is that is when Peter Gold pushes everything off his desk in his fancy <laughs> London office. That's what happens there. Do you think if you're that rich, are like you still holding on to it? Or is Peter Gold the kind of guy that's pretending to be that rich, but it's all built on a stack and stack on stacks of lies and Ponzi schemes? So those necklaces were very important. Yeah, exactly. That was not just he travels with them so they don't stay in his London house and possibly are stolen there. And then they're stolen from him in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. No, he I think insurance. he owed them to like a bookie. Oh, yeah. For a bet gone bad. Mm -hmm. Ooh, interesting. OK, um, but he's not at a very big gambling casino, which is weird. He's at the Four Seasons. Well, they he's have... pretending to be there for business. And that's why the nanny's there to take care of the child. No, he's there for a vacation. They say he's there with his family. I went back because I was like, what's he there for? Why was he? Does he have well, all he's not going to stay in like Old Town to do his gambling. Like he's just going to pretend his wife doesn't know about his problem. So that's why they have to stay at Mandalay Bay. OK, I'm interested in that. But he doesn't stay at Mandalay Bay. He stays to the Four it's Seasons. Four but then Seasons. But I thought they said the Four Seasons was inside of Mandalay Bay Yeah, that was really confusing. They said it I was connected. I think they literally said it, they, it was inside of it. That's annoying. I don't and know I was, why. I don't know Vegas. So I was like, huh. I don't okay. know how that's possible. I don't think that's a... Is that real? Hey. We don't know. You would know more than me. You go all the time. I've been like twice in my life. I don't I enjoy but it. But you said you'd come with me another time. Maybe. To do bingo. Oh, yeah. I would do that. Yeah. yeah you like bingo. Um, okay. Anyways... He, after he's out in 2012, uh, he's deported again to Colombia. So this is his, hopefully the last time. We get an actual interview with the real Juan Carlos. Who looks like a Telemundo star. He really does. And he's sitting very confidently, like legs kind of crossed, sort of a sweater with a collared shirt. I mean, he's dressed very nice, very attractive. Mm -hmm. um, there's a book next to him. Which makes me, I don't know why they don't tell us that he wrote a book, but he wrote a book. That's a book interview, isn't it? It looks like a book interview because it's definitely like a bookstore and the book is propped up. And I was like, is that there for someone else? Or is this a book interview where he's talking about his well, book? Well, and it looks like there's a person in it, on it with an orange jumpsuit on. And I'm like, oh, that's so a picture of like, book. I think it's a picture of like him as a child and then him as in a jumpsuit. 
And then probably the interview is in Spanish. That's why we don't totally know what they're saying. They translate it, but I, we don't totally copy what's happening. But it's close. Um, he says that he turned to a life of crime because rich people humiliated him when he was living on the street at 15. But then we quickly learned that what he told the Las Vegas detective on the phone is that he learned how to commit crimes when he was 15 and in prison. So question mark? We don't know. Yeah. He's he's kind of still lying. Uh, Authorities still do not know how he was found on that tarmac. They do not know the true story. They do know that he was born in a very poor village in Colombia in 1976. And by the age of 15, he had left home. He was either kicked out or left because his mother and possibly stepfather were not nice to him. We don't know. It's... Mm -hmm. Question mark. Uh, They said that he is the most professional. This is the British. The constable says that he is the most professional, sophisticated and clever thief he's ever seen. Juan Carlos said that he's retired when the reporter asked him and the reporter also asked him, was it worth it? And he says, yes. He said he's traveled all over the world, met many, many wonderful people. Yeah, he's lived like a lifestyle that many would envy. Um. It's like, and I got like, to travel. And no, he does not regret it. I'm like, of course not. Why would you? You had like a few down periods when you were in prison for a few months. I mean, if there's a poster child for get back up again, you know, it's this guy. Every He literally got kicked out of the country. Back, yeah. He just picked himself up, new scheme, back at it. Yep. Like every time he went in prison, right back at it. Yep. Like ain't nothing going to hold him down. What's so funny is that they do ask him if he's going to do it again. And when he says it, he's like, uh, he's retired for now. Yeah. And I'm like, like, am I going to say I'm never going to do it again? I don't know. Yeah. I was like, wow. But I'm retired for now. And then he, uh, at the end, they show us a little thing and it says he's retired from his life of crime. He's in love and he's living in Mexico. Who's he working for? Who's he teaching how to do his scheme? Well, he can't do his scheme anymore. You would have to completely change his scheme now. Like it's I don't too- know. The lack of communication between inter-office agencies <laughs> and within the hotel industry right. makes me think he could do this scheme again. Just pick slightly different locations. And if nobody has seen this episode or heard of probably another podcast on it, then they wouldn't know. Here's the only problem. Have you ever heard of him? No. Here's the only problem that I have with this slightly is that they talk very much about how confident and how charismatic he is. And I feel like you would remember that person. So when he came up and said, but it doesn't matter. Was, it's too late. But what if you've gone ch- by the time? But what if you had checked in Peter Gold? Is he making sure that the person that checked in Peter Gold is definitely not the person that's at the front counter when like how specific is he or does he just well, go by when the he, wink? he's watching Peter Gold leave and then but Peter says like I'm Peter Gold at some point. So he overhears him say that to the yeah, it does seem weird. You would have to get the different clerk at the check at the check in place. That's really the only part of the scheme you'd have to worry about, because by the time the other guy comes back, you're long gone. And at this hotel, you have multiple people working all the time. Right. Like tons of staff. But I still feel like there's one manager circling. Right. And if you have a major guest at your hotel that's taking up one of your suites, you better believe the hotel manager is going to know what he looks like and know his name. Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe he does it when the manager's off. Maybe. He does it when they can't call the manager because the manager is out. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. 
It's pretty cool, though. Questions. Did you like it all right? Yeah, it's good. He reminds me of Andrew Cunanan. Cunanan? Who's that? Cunanan. The guy who killed Gianni Versace. And um, he reminds me of... Looks-wise or case-wise? Case-wise. I thought I... he was going to start killing someone. I don't know about that. I don't know about that case Did you not much. watch that show? I did. Um, it was really I remember good. when he was killed. But was he a con man? Yeah. Was he conning con Gianni Versace? Uh, it's unclear exactly what their relationship was because he told just a million lies. No one knew what was the truth about his real life. Where is he, he was... now? Oh, he killed himself. He did? In prison? Sorry if no one saw the show. No, it was when he was about to be caught by like helicopters and oh. FBI guys. Oh, so no one will ever know the truth. Darren Chris is really good in the show. But the show was fascinating. And you get to see Penelope Cruz in like really funny clothes and hair and because she's Donatella. And like, so her lips are crazy. It's pretty funny. Penelope Cruz is Donatella? Yeah. That's nuts. That's crazy casting. Yeah. Um, and But she does a pretty good job. That's um, cool. And he reminded me of, um, oh, the Don't F With Cats guy from that documentary. No. Like... It's no. like a manhunt internationally. It is, but that's like evil. This is like, this is like, I feel like this is good. Just some good robbing. Just some Okay, so then it's more like burgle. Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch and Me If You Can. That's what I was worried that it was because I haven't seen that movie. And I was like, I hope this isn't about that guy. But I think that I remember that Leonardo DiCaprio's character played pilots consistently, right? He did a lot of stuff, but he did play pilots, yeah. Okay. And he oh. wasn't Hispanic. He wasn't like okay. an immigrant sneaking into the country. Hmm. I, I saw I'm... that movie. I don't remember him being like that. This guy, I think, also kind of got away with stuff because he's a little bit difficult to place nationality-wise. You'd be yeah. like... Because at one point they describe him as Mediterranean. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't know. Is he Greek? Like, I would have no idea. Totally. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We had a lot of fun, fun watching it. Yeah. Maybe we'll do another heist. There's a couple of good ones in this imposter series. There's one we're about still a... looking for episodes on ID, but we're looking for fun ones, not too scary, not too serious. Good stories. Stories that are fun to watch. Um, there's one of these about a DJ minister that Yeah, I saw that. We gotta do that one. We will be doing that one because a bad wig is involved. Mm-hmm. Um I just I got locked and into... And he's a DJ minister. I know. I just got locked into this one first, cause, but it was really good because I was very... When it said hotel, I was like, oh, he's he's a heist. It's heist. Yeah. And so I wanted to know because I always am curious how these big, like, people do this. And his was so simple. And he did it, it everywhere. It was the same scam everywhere. Over and over and over again. Yeah. He didn't change up anything. Love he it. He didn't have to because... It worked. two concierges are having a feud, blood versus crips across town, hotels... The concierge is fighting with each other and they're not passing along communications. Exactly right. Now we know that the tip top, what was it? The tip top pop versus the, the bloody dragon. I don't remember. All right. That's <laughs> bye everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Bye. Tip top pop.